cannabis topics in less than 10 minutes. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Dime. I'm Brian Fields, and with me, as always, is Kellen Finney. And this week, we've got a very special guest, Lisa Weezer, founder of Trailblaze. Lisa, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Moving from such an established, well-positioned career to cannabis, was there hesitancies? Was there people around you saying, Lisa, like, what are you doing? It's cannabis. Can you kind of take us through that experience? Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't tell anybody that I was doing it right off the bat. You know, I think I was most afraid to probably tell my parents, even though I'm like in my 40s, you're still afraid to tell your parents. Um, And I was shocked that my parents really backed it. I think that they understood the opportunity with cannabis and also had seen, you know, what my lifestyle had been like for the past several years. Um, You know, behind the scenes, a job like that, it's a dream job, but it is a lot of work. It is a lot of travel. It is a lot of strain. Um, And so, um, you know, and ultimately, I think that there's a big difference um, working for somebody else's brand versus building your own brand. So I'd love to get from your perspective, when Mary Med approached you about the the brownie idea, can you take us, you know, what your role was in that and what it was like kind of moving on from, let's say, the origin of the idea, getting the photo, and then how you approached media with it? Yeah. Well, in this case, they didn't approach us with the brownie idea. They approached us with a challenge. Um, If you talk to Howard and you know him, he is a storied marketer in his own right and a pretty tough cookie when it comes to a client. And so, you know, when he hired us, he said, I want a PR stunt once a quarter. You know, we're going to, um, he kind of hired us on spec, but was said, basically prove yourself. I want a stunt. But he didn't really give us any parameters other than, you know, here's some of the things we're going to be doing this quarter. So we took a look at what they had coming up. Um, and one of the things that was coming up was the launch of this brand, Bobby's Baked, which was um, an edibles brand that included little brownies. Um, but the problem was that they were mar- they were launching it in one market, Massachusetts, not even in Boston, but you know, in a small dispensary about 90 minutes outside. And um, you know, it was so it had really limited availability. Also, they were launching it right before the holidays, which is a terrible time <laughs> to do anything. So we looked at that and um, you know, decided that we wanted to build a stunt around that moment. Take yeah. us through that process, right? You get the photo. How how do you go about, you know, communicating with mainstream media about this? Because there's always sometimes a hesitation we found with mainstream media covering cannabis companies, whether it's their audience is different or there's a stigma attached. So is that a challenge that you had when you wanted to get this, this photo and try to get it into the ecosystem? Yeah, well, just to back up, I mean... Part of the reason that we decided to to peg this to National Brownie Day and part of the reason that we have a cultural calendar is because um, reporters have an incredibly hard job, right? They have to write several stories a day sometimes, if not, you know, per week, and they have to sell them into their editors. And, um, you know, for a story to get written, it has to kind of have a sense of urgency, a reason to write it today, right? Um, So when you're pitching, they're getting 100 or more pitches a day. So you have to give them something with a hook, right? So, um, you know, that was part of why we picked this day is so that there would be a moment. Um, And granted, National Brownie Day is not a day that you probably even heard of before. It's not like it's a huge moment, but we knew that it would give them a reason to write. Um, But beyond that, we knew that they needed to have a strong visual asset. So, you know, in talking to Mary Med and to Howard, you know, we kind of said, here's what we need to make this successful. 
And, you know, we need you to be able to actually make the brownie, right? And it needs to be big enough, uh, you know, to be significant, right? If we're going to get the types of results that we want. Lisa, did you know in your gut that this was going to work? Like when you saw the photo, did you have a feeling that this was going to hit? And then second, at what point after you kind of started pushing out and doing some of the press for it, did you recognize this thing is really taken off? We knew that we had a formula that was intended to work. We had, you know, the great photo, a great story behind it. And sometimes the best ideas are simple and like who hasn't had an edible brownie experience or a third of one. It's just the first thing people think of when they think of an edible. So we knew that it was going to be so relatable to the masses. And even if you've never touched cannabis, like you know what a cannabis brownie is. Have you found since you've been in the cannabis industry, the communication with the reporters has been less education and more about pitching the stories? Or are you still kind of focusing more on the education and communicating to them some of the benefits of the products and, and less about the stigma? Can you kind of share more about that? You know, it kind of depends on what the product is. There's always a certain level of education. But at this point, most of the major publications have at least one reporter who is dedicated to this beat. I mean, even the Wall Street Journal, I mean, granted, they're sharing it with, you know, like beer or vapes or cigarettes. um, But nonetheless, you know, there are people that are dedicated to the segment. And so, you know, they do understand it. um, And that is really helpful. I guess the question for you is, given your experience and and the importance of Super Bowl from a marketing perspective, when will cannabis companies have the allowance to do that type of messaging? And is there hope in the near future that cannabis can kind of have that public statement where we can kind of start removing the stigma? Well, I tell you, whenever the first cannabis Super Bowl ad comes out, I sure as hell hope that I'm the one that's working on it. Uh, <laughs> me too. Yeah. That, that, well, if, if it doesn't happen, it will be because ABI does such a good job of locking out all competition, um, including um, other beers that I think when you see it, it's going to be when there is a uh, you know, cannabis beverage from one of those big existing advertisers. You know, I've worked with Pepsi, um, you know, obviously with Budweiser, uh, these are all brands that, you know, on some level have their have their fingers or, or at least their their R&D involved in cannabis. And so I think what you're going to see is probably CBD beverages first that will come out from, you know, from the Pepsis and the AB InBev's and the Miller Coors of the world getting the first, you know, Super Bowl ads. And that's going to be, you know, a big step in mainstreaming. Influencer partnership. How do you feel about celebrities attaching themselves to cannabis brands? When it comes to attaching themselves to a cannabis brand, that already, that sounds problematic, right? And there's definitely a level of that that happens in cannabis and really in every industry. Always celebrities that are just kind of cruising to take a check. And uh, you can can smell that a mile away, I think. Um, But I think what we really want to see is uh, celebrities that are getting into it for the right reasons, that aren't using these products themselves, um, you know, that it is authentic to their brand and who they are and a natural extension of their brand. Lisa, since you've been in the cannabinoid industry, what has been the biggest misconception? I think that people don't think that all they do is get you high, right? So that is um, what's interesting about cannabis is that, um, you know, in the alcohol industry, alcohol is recreational, right? Like, that's why people use it. You know, um, in cannabis, there is there are medical people and there's recreational people and there's a lot of people that are both, right, that are hybrid. So I think, you know, people think about using cannabis um, to get high. I mentioned I use cannabis almost every day. I'm almost never high. 
If you could sum up your experience in a main takeaway or lesson learned to pass on to the next generation, what would it be? I think um, the first thing would be just like to not be afraid to take the leap um, into something new. Taking that leap of faith and getting into it, I've never really had regrets um, about doing that. So I think that's been one of the biggest lessons for me is just to kind of go for it, you know, when you've got something that you're really passionate about. And I think the other thing would just be like that you're never too old (laughs) to um, try something new or learn something new. Like I said, I love seeing people get into cannabis, whether it's a career or whether it's just using it for the first time in their 30s, 40s, 50s. Lisa, for our listeners, they want to get in touch, they want to learn more, and they want to ask you to help them go viral. Where do they reach you? <laughs> um, well, our, our website, our company's Trailblaze, our website is trailblaze.co, C-O, and they can email me anytime at hello at trailblaze.co. And we would love to talk to them when they are ready to invest and ready to go big and ready to be always on, um, that's the right time um, to bring us on. Awesome. Thanks so much for your time, Lisa. You bet. Thanks Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 99.9% of our DNA is identical. It's a 0.1% that truly makes us different and unique. And that's what the show is about. Find out that 0.1% about your favorite guests. Find out what music they like their first cannabis experience, and even what their room looked like growing up. But more importantly, or as important, their journey. Learn what makes them unique on Everything is Personal.